Okay, so this evening I'd like to continue this theme that we've been working with all year, really, which is the list of the ten parami, and these are these ten skillful qualities of heart and mind that powerfully support us to live with more contentment, with more ease, with more clarity. And so for those of you who might be relatively new to the group, I'll give you the list of what these ten qualities are in just a moment. But even if you've heard them a few times now, I like to invite you just to hear them again. And as you hear them, to notice some of them, there might be a sense of recognition or resonance, like familiar friends. But others, it might be a bit like, oh, I'm not sure about that one. (laughs) What does that even mean? And that's all useful information. So just as you hear them now, just noticing So generosity, or dana, ethical integrity, the commitment to non-harming, renunciation, wisdom, energy, patience, truthfulness, resolve and determination, kindness, or goodwill, and equanimity. So at this point, many of you have heard quite a few talks about each one of these parami from me, from other teaching, other teachers, from facilitators, reflections. So this evening, I thought instead of focusing on just one single one again, I'd like to give an overview or review. And instead of me doing that, I'm going to experiment with inviting this to be a little bit more, you could say, crowdsourced. So for each parami, I'm going to just invite you to see how does that particular quality resonate to you? What does it mean to you? How do you live it? How has it changed in you over the course of these explorations? So we'll do that in a moment, and then if there's time at the end, we can have some small group discussion But I just wanted to say a little bit about these numbered lists, because as many of you know in the Buddha's teachings, there are lists within lists within lists, the ten this and the nine that and the eight the other and the seven and the six and the five. And it can be to maybe contemporary ears a little bit off-putting. You know, it sounds like a to-do list or a shopping list. But one way I like to think of these lists Well, one reason that they did it was because originally, for actually hundreds, maybe thousands of years, these teachings were transmitted through speaking and listening. And of course, numbered lists are a very pithy way of getting to the core of the teachings and helping to remember them. But these days, I sometimes think of them as being like camping food. You know those dehydrated packets you can get of, I don't know, mashed potatoes or stew and that kind of thing? Numbered lists are like that. The camping food in its dry form is, well, it's dry. (laughs) You can't really eat it. It doesn't have a lot of nutrition. So metaphorically, you have to take the numbered lists, the dry food, and chew it, digest it, mix it with water, make it expand, have it live in your life, have it inform your heart and mind. And then it becomes nourishing and workable and something that's, uh, yeah, freeing. 
So that's just one way we might think of these numbered lists. It's not just reading and memorizing what they are, but how to bring them into life in our lives. And that's really the process that we've been doing over these months this year. So let's start with the first one, generosity or dana. And just any of you like to reflect on what you've understood about generosity, anything that might have changed, what for you are the key aspects of generosity that make it skillful. Anybody like to share I think one thing is that it um, takes the centre of your attention away from yourself and towards another person, which is, can be quite a beneficial thing. Ah, yeah. So it cuts a little bit through self-centeredness. Mm. Yeah, great. Yeah, you have to be more aware of other people and their needs and not just be quite so self-absorbed. Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? Just following on from that, um, that's something I, I noticed when I was on the service team earlier in the year at Te Muata, um, the way that, yeah, offering my service to the retreat um, really helped me feel more connected to everyone mm. and less about, um, like, it was all about me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, Recognizing we're all on the path together, and um, I think it freed some things up a bit. Yeah, beautiful. I'm hearing a little bit of a flavor in what you said, both of you actually, the sense of reciprocity. And for me, that was revelatory about generosity, is it's not only about giving, but also the capacity to receive. And I think for many of us, it's much harder to receive than to give. But in my own life, learning to receive fully actually has helped me to feel more generous outwardly as well. So lovely, thank you. Who remembers what the second one is? Virtue. Virtue, yes, that's a good, good uh, translation, thank you. I've been calling it ethical integrity or the commitment to non-harming, but virtue, beautiful. Anything you'd like to say about that? I was just interested in, in that interpretation you just said, because I, I wasn't too sure about the word virtue. Yes. Um, but I can understand what you call Ethical conduct, uh, ethical integrity. Mm. That's easier to say to Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of that language is very loaded for us uh, who have this maybe a Judeo-Christian heritage and ideas of right and wrong and good and bad and saint and sinner and praise and punishment and all of that kind of thing. Oh, virtuous and superior. (laughs) Yeah. But actually on the retreat we just did with Willa and Elizabeth, they have their monastic training and they talk a lot about this phrase in the suttas that says uh, it's about having an upright mind. Mm. And I heard that, I'd heard that phrase and never really connected with it, but somehow about the way they offered it, there's this sense of 
integrity and dignity and being able to trust yourself because you know you're not going to be swayed into stealing or lying or killing things or getting wasted or whatever. You just have that sense of, yeah, I do this because that's how it feels energetically. There's a sense of steadiness and trustworthiness. Anybody else have any reflections on that one? Any shifts or anything? Just from that same perspective that it underpins your capacity to quiet, quiet the mind, yeah. sleep at night, meditate, without finding this enough to distract your mind, but it's not yeah. to be distracted by yeah, guilt, lying, or, you know, just yeah. the things that you've, you've done. That, uh, Worry, shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah add to uh, unpleasantness yeah mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah seeing it in that perspective that it's a, that, yeah it's got a place it's not just you do it don't think about it it's like yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's really foundational mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and so and it fits with that you know that sort of I apologize when that that thing when you apologize it's like given offense mm. um no, no, you're unknightly. That, that's a nice thing, that sort of forgiveness too, isn't it? Yes. And uh, to settle. Yeah. Settle Beautiful. Mm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, learning from our mistakes rather than being furtive or trying to cover them over is also part of this training, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Okay, anyone remember the third one? Renunciation. Yes. Very good, renunciation. Anything more you'd like to say about that one? (laughs) I love your body language. You know, I took the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, letting go. Yeah. Anybody else have any perspective on this one? Is it specifically letting go of things which you know don't benefit you, or is it <coughs> wider than that? How would you see it being wider? Self renouncing things that aren't virtuous. You're not renounced. Say that again. So the last one was virtue, so pronouncing things that you've done which aren't virtuous. Yes, that's a part of it. I would say it's... Um, well, let's hear from anyone else. You were saying it's about letting go of things that are harmful or unskillful. Yeah? Yeah? I would add letting go of our expectation. Letting go of expectation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Letting, which is a way, a flavor of letting go of attachment, mm-hmm. holding on, clinging. So, again, I think with our mainstream heritage associates renunciation with punishment, mm-hmm. with deprivation, with maybe Puritanism. But the spirit of it is more about an investigation, looking at our relationship to wanting to material things, to comfort, and so forth. 
And so Joseph Goldstein translates it as non-addiction. And you can get a sense of that, you know, when we're caught up in wanting and craving and having to get things, there's a, there's a compulsion there that's tightening and unpleasant. Whereas renunciation or relinquishment, there's a kind of a more open and easeful relationship. We're not driven so much. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that stood out for me about this one was the connection with climate change and mm-hmm. how much of the problems that we're currently facing are due to our addiction to comfort. <laughs> and if all of us had a little less... Mm-hmm desire to keep taking the easy option and the comfortable option um, there might be significantly less damage to the to the planet so I think all of these parami have their individual mechanisms but they also we can see them playing out collectively too it's very unfashionable really in the world, but I went into a shop the other day and I was asked that I want to also buy that and also buy that and if yes. I bought that, I would buy right. this. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it's that, totally. That is our culture. Yeah, it's mm. totally in the opposite direction. Actually, many of these qualities are not so uh, valued in mainstream society, unfortunately. Um, about ego and self as well, renunciation of ego and renunciation of self. Yeah, part of the hesitation is it's it's not getting rid of, and so the sense of self and the ego are still in operation to some degree, but we're not clinging to them in the same way and not believing them to be as true and solid and real as we often think they are. So there can be a letting go or softening of the attachment to me and mine and who I am. But it's not getting rid of self as such. Does that make sense or resonate at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess it's um, the, the struggle that I'm having at the moment is the not-self bit. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, most people struggle with that. And I think I said when I was here a little while ago... So some of you heard this, but the term not-self in English does tend to set up that binary between self and not-self. Mm-hmm. kind of implies that the self is supposed to get rid of itself, so it can be a better not-self, which kind of, mm-hmm. as you know, is mm-hmm. not so helpful. So I tend instead to think of it as a spectrum, and with this very identified self at one end, when we're really caught up in some kind of identification. I'm doing that because it feels solid and tight and contracted. And then at the other end is the experience I think all of us have had, when there's just more ease and openness and flow and less kind of obsession with me. You know, maybe we're watching a beautiful sunset or walking along the beach with a good friend in silence or... Know, playing with the dog, you know, there's many ways where this solid me falls away. So if within that spectrum, at any point in time, we can just notice, where am I? Am I really, you know, consumed by road rage because that person cut me off? <sighs> What's it like when that releases? And I just say, 
you're welcome, come on in. <laughs> and then there's more ease and spaciousness. So rather than having opposition, seeing it as a sliding scale, and then also seeing what's often the consequent suffering, <laughs> degrees of suffering or ease that tend to come with it. Is that making a little more sense? Mm, yeah. For now? I, I guess it's that yourself is always changing, isn't it? Yes. Because I'm a different person to where I was when I was 20. Yes. Or even this evening when you were talking to me or talking to someone else or drinking your tea. Yeah. <laughs> Probably slightly different facets were coming forth. Yeah. So we'll continue that exploration in, in future ones. Thank you for the question. I said something here just about, yeah. about pronunciation and this idea of relation to coming here. Yeah. To the meeting. And it's as though when you walk through the door here, you do let go, or I do, of the, the strongly identified with all the roles that I had in my life. Uh-huh. And I feel I come in here more as a human being. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's freeing. Yeah, beautiful. It's a beautiful description. Mm. I had an image of a pile of selves left at the <laughs> gate. <laughs> like shedding the Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll let the door with the shoes leave those selves, those identities at the door. And then I love the sense of relative ease and freedom that comes from that. That's another aspect, actually, of renunciation. The Buddha talked quite a bit about giving up a lesser happiness for the sake of a greater happiness. So you could say we give up the gratification of being someone for the greater happiness of more ease and freedom and spaciousness. Thank you. Okay, how about the next one? Who remembers what that is? Joe. Wisdom. Wisdom. <laughs> You've been studying, haven't you? Just, just, just wisdom. Yeah, that's great. Wisdom. So, how do you relate to wisdom? That's the last one. Just tasting. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Claire. How do we relate to wisdom? What does that mean to any of you? The serenity prayer. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, change it, and know the To know the difference. So the wisdom to know the difference. The courage to change things. It's wisdom inside. Say that again. Is it related to insight? That yes. wisdom is like yes. the settling of. Understanding's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's—it
or getting lots of knowledge. But in the Buddha's understanding, that knowledge has to be, again, metabolized and chewed and digested and become more into the heart. And then from there, even, understood more fully in the gut. So eventually it becomes embodied. And that's the process that all of us are going through. And, you know, I like to say you wouldn't be here unless you didn't already have some degree of wisdom to understand there is a better way of living our lives and there's some process where we can understand ourselves better and develop these skillful qualities. Wisdom is one of the factors that brought me along tonight. You could have stayed at home and watched Netflix. It would be interesting maybe, but here there's some capacity to strengthen all of these other qualities Thank you. Any other thoughts about wisdom? Well, there's a whole bunch of things that different people could argue that well, this is wise, no, that's wise. But I think <coughs> for us it comes down to um, something is wise if it, um, if it reduces suffering. Yes. I think yes. that's kind of the benchmark, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's a great boiling down to its essence. Is it harmful or unharmful? Beautiful. Hmm. So the next one, I'm getting through them now. (laughs) Everyone's looking to you. You're now the parami expert. (laughs) Energy, yes. Thank you. Any thoughts about it? (laughs) <laughs> Any thoughts about energy? I feel that we have fixed amounts and we have to use our wisdom to work out where it's directed. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're pointing to how actually all of these parami reinforce each other and in a way that's what makes them parami. They're all supportive by each other, so energy and wisdom understands. I don't have limitless energy. Therefore, where am I going to use that energy to best effect? Is that where you were going? Yeah, and it's a zero-sum game. I find myself, if I expend energy in this area, then I don't have as much in this area. Right. And I have to make it... I found myself being more conscious in... And time is another, you know, time is a form of energy. In that right. Sense of if I do that, then what will I not be able to achieve? Or what yeah. will be lost? Or yes. what will I not be able to, you know, yeah, yeah. Able to do? Yeah. So that's very clear how wisdom or discernment and energy are working together to support each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. I think um, I was looking at it on retreat, and we all know this sense of. The meditation's got better when you're looking after the body uh-huh. and you're not too tired or too, yeah, the, 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 a lot of work goes on yeah. outside of being on this cushion yeah. look after the energy. Yes. And, and sometimes it's going to be low anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good energy. Yeah. There's something about it the emphasis on it being sustainable because again I think we tend to flop between extremes of too much and too little apathy and over-efforting and then 
as we know, the middle way is all through the Buddha's teachings and sensing into where is that today, in this moment, in these conditions, and what's the appropriate response. And at my age too, one's one's age. Yes. might be less available than you used to be. Yeah. Hanker after it all you want, but... (laughs) 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 Wish you had more, but it's it's an acceptance. Yeah. Which is wisdom again. Yeah. 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 Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. So actually that might uh, link nicely to the next one. What's that? Yes, yes. You're going to get the gold star tonight. (laughs) So how do we relate to that? What's that? It's a hard one. It's a hard one. Again, you know, so many of these are so counter to, like Miriam was saying, the, this is the era of instant gratification. Everything's on demand, available 24-7. Give it to me now. Patience? What are you talking about? That's so last century or beyond. And so how do we cultivate that? in our lives, in the face of all this energy that's going in the other direction. It's also, it's also related to acceptance, isn't it? Yes. Because it's like there's so many things wrong with the world, whichever way you look at it. And you can't change a lot of it, so you have to accept it and be patient with it and change what you can. Yes, so there's the serenity prayer again, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> and then the wisdom again to know the difference. When am I just going into apathy and when is it genuine patience? Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Patience is, yeah, energy related to sort of mm. um, noticing who, what needs patience and what doesn't need patience. You know, mm-hmm. Certainly inter- interacting with the community in a variety of ways requires patience. Yes. Understanding you know. Knowing when to apply patience. Yeah, and when it might be actually skillful to set boundaries or give feedback or, yeah, wisdom again. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, beautiful. Patience is a lot better for the body, the body mind system, than impatience, really. Mm. Mm. You can ramp it up, yeah. Yes. Patience settles the body. Yeah. Yeah, I could really feel that when we're impatient. It's like it magnetically attracts all kinds of other unskillful qualities. That's, you know, I'm in a hurry to get somewhere and I trip and stub my toe and then I'm cursing at myself and then I slam the door and then the cat's tripping, you know, and it's just like it magnifies somehow. And going on retreat is a great way to learn to get that patience. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm much more patient now when I pick up my phone mm-hmm. and just doing things more slowly. Right. So um, yeah. I've got that breathing space or that window of tolerance yeah. now. Choosing, no, just put it down. I don't need to check Instagram or whatever. Beautiful, yeah. Breathing space, yeah. There's so little room to breathe these days. Everything's so compulsive and automatic. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. 
Okay, next one. <laughs> and how do you relate to that one? I can give a good example. Yes, please. On our retreat, um, one of the relinquishment was to relinquish our cell phones and turn them off and relinquish them for two weeks. And because of the work that I do, there was a something that happened that I was unable to relinquish my phone. And I told Jill that I couldn't do it, so I was being truthful. Mm. And um, and then we had a group the next day. We split into three groups, and in, in my group I was truthful again and said, I haven't relinquished my phone. Mm-hmm. And about four other people said, oh, I have neither. They <laughs> <laughs> must have put fake phones in or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I was, I was really proud of myself for being truthful. Mm. Yeah. Because I did it for a reason and I only used the phone for what I needed to. Mm. So I still had the benefits of disconnecting yeah. from it. Great. That's another example of having an upright mind. You know, there's that sense of, I don't know, um, yeah. integrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Truthfulness also has an aspect of it of wise speech. Mm-hmm. Because when we consider wise speech, we, we think about, is it useful is it timely? Is it true? So sometimes what's true in that moment may also not be useful or timely to speak yeah. in that moment. Yes. Yeah. So commitment to truthfulness doesn't mean you know there's yeah. more around the package of truthfulness. Yeah. Than yeah. Just speaking your truth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Working it out. Yeah. 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 We hear that a lot these days. Yeah. Is it useful? Is it timely? Is it kind, appropriate? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's the other yes. aspects of truth. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not so much just about factual truth, but context and relationality. And, yeah. Yeah. And in order to speak the truth, you have to know the truth. And that mm-hmm. also requires self-understanding and self-knowledge and attunement and, again, relationality, context. Pretty deep. Okay, what's the next one? Determination? Yes, resolve and determination. How's that one land? I couldn't believe when my um, brother died earlier this year, and I've had basically no resolve since very little resolve compared to usual. It's just kind of like, not uh, something. Yeah. Um, part of probably the grieving process yeah. or something. And how do you define resolve? Resolve is like commitment to, to stuff, like seeing things through, mm-hmm. like having the, the idea or the yeah, the drive to do something. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, very, very unusual for me to be. And I'm not kind of actually where I just said I was. I'm somewhere a bit different, but I definitely was. Mm. Yeah. 
that sounds like another um, place where the other parami can come into play. So perhaps in those circumstances, things like kindness yeah. and patience yeah. and yeah. generosity to yourself. Yeah. I'm not giving myself a hard time, yeah. I just notice that. Yeah, and great. I'm, yeah. usually I'm someone that's quite goal-oriented. Right. Know? Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. My brother's dying, you know. Yeah, yeah. So different yeah. perspective. Yeah. 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 yeah, beautiful. You know, we've got resolve and we've also got patience. Yeah. Yeah. And so many of these balance each other out so one doesn't get too out of, yeah, misattuned. And again, you know, even just showing up here on Thursday nights, you know, we were talking about it earlier in our group, there can be that sense of, oh, do I really have the energy? Mm, I suppose I should. Okay, I'll go. And then, you know, we have to get over that sort of little hump or hurdle. Hopefully, usually, at least in my experience, I'm glad that I came. So. That's a set job. <laughs> Got such a long way to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Some of the words, you know, resolve has got so many wings to it, like right. commitment, dedication. Yeah. And I was thinking about that with renunciation. You know, you could say restraint. Mm-hmm. You know, there's kind of softer, more doable. Sort yes. Of Words under that umbrella, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I actually like dedication. Dedication. Yeah, that's great. And you know, this is the beauty of these lists that um, we do have permission to. This is part of the chewing and the metabolizing. Is what makes sense for me? What's the appropriate word here? Because these translations have handed, been handed down to us. Some of them came from 19th century Victorian England and they're very influenced by Christianity, things like renunciation. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wide of the mark. Yeah. So yeah, I really appreciate that. We could write our own yeah. list yeah. and find the words that really resonate for yeah. us. And refraining would be another one for renunciation. Yeah, refraining, restraint, restraint. wise yeah. restraint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like dedication for mm-hmm. resolve. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I you. I was thinking about resolve and myself and how there's the aspect of this energy applied to resolve that I have in space mm-hmm. to be dedicated, committed to things. But I also see, or am seeing as we're talking, how patience and actual resolve is another thing altogether mm-hmm. because that's a much softer, wider, um, instilled energy. And I don't think for me, I'm as well developed. Uh huh. Yeah, that's the end of it. Yeah. So, interesting pair to play with, isn't mm-hmm. it? To see when we might be getting too far into one and it's not as well supported as it could be. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's very much a societal thing that we're rewarded for productivity and 
not so much rewarded for being patient. Thank you. Okay, getting close to the end, last one. That's you, Claire. Equanimity. Equanimity, yay. Oh, yes, you're right. You get a massive gold star. Thank you. Yes. How could I forget? How could I forget kindness? Number nine. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, Claire, we'll have to circle back to you. Okay, kindness, how do we relate to that? Well, it's one um, I think has a lot lot of bonuses, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. I think in terms of choosing one, I'd go choose that one. Right. You know, because it's benefit to others and yourself and but it's something you need it's like the drink you have in your fridge you need to have every day. Mm. The soul you could get every second day or <laughs> uh, patience every third day. <laughs> <laughs> the kindness one you need a little bit of a latex, you know, testing of that every day. Yeah. Well that's just my thoughts. It's yeah. just uh, something rewarding for yeah. us all. Yes. As you know, individually and collectively. Yeah. And generally it feels good. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. How do you get a teaspoon of it every day? Do you have a <laughs> method? Well, maybe I forget you say that. But I just, um, I think it's something that in our society, as, as it is, there's a lot of. Um, Lacking, everybody's a bit stressed and a bit mm. pressured and a bit worried. And, a bit, mm. and if they pause and take a bit of kindness to the moment, then everything's much clearer and much. You can have all the other things like patience and resolve because you're being kind. Yes, beautiful. It's a kind of kindness just to pause, isn't it? So some teachers talk about kindfulness mm-hmm. as much as mindfulness mm-hmm. to bring together those qualities. It's really a gift to give ourselves a space to actually know what is going on here and how am I? Oh, I need some space or whatever it might be. Yeah. I think yeah. um, a revelation for me this year is reading Tara Brack mm-hmm. and Self Sympathy. Self sympathy. Yeah. Oh. Self compassion. Is that different? I was going to say, is that different from self compassion? Yeah. 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 Just uh, caring for oneself. For yourself. Yes. When, when you've messed up in your own way, that being kind to yourself and accepting why you've done it. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, again a pretty counter cultural message, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Not one that most of us have grown up with, but. I think it's changing for younger generations, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was interesting, I'm um, just thinking about Cinderella because I was in the school library a couple of days ago and there sitting on the shelf was a book about Jacinda Ardern, so I thought I'll have a quick read of that. Um, and it turns out from a very early age she was very, very kind. She went to a school in a very poor area, her parents bought an orchard in a sort of a country area, so they would have 
in May, but um, she went to school and saw that kids had no shoes and things like mm. that. So from a very, very early age, she was, um, yeah, showed a lot of kindness. Mm. And that went right through to when she was Prime Minister with the kindness budget. Right. But see what happened to her in society when she mm. started talking about kindness. Mm. Yeah. She was just destroyed by people that were so threatened by it. So it's... Yeah. Kind of sad that we live in that sort of society, really, mm-hmm. where kindness is something to be seen as a, as a weakness. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I sense that like kindness can be seen as a weakness in our society. Mm-hmm. So, just interesting points of views on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually takes courage, as you're pointing to. Yeah, not stepping outside. Besides norms, I suppose, right? which comes out of fear, I think. Yeah. 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 Maybe um, in addition to fear, I think it's also just it's it's not commonly um, it's it's unnatural in our society to express that you know openly so strongly maybe you know so maybe not necessarily super strong fear but just a come on you don't you know don't express that that's weak or that's you know too soft for a politician. Mm. Maybe. Yes. The other thing that I was thinking of um, when we were talking about kindness and um, Thich Nhat Hanh has the uh, the idea of interbeing. Yeah. Yeah. So you know we're not we're not separate. We are connected. Mm-hmm. So you know being kind is actually natural response to the fact that we're connected. We're all connected in every single part of our lives is connected to some other part or some other thing or some other person. Yes. So, uh, you know, being kind is a natural thing that you want to do if you're connected. Mm-hmm. actually being kind to yourself in a way. Yeah. So in a way, we're having to reclaim that heritage that's been distorted and warped by, yeah. um, mm-hmm. well, in shorthand, mm-hmm. greed, hatred, delusion, yeah. those three core destructive energies, you could say everything we're doing here is trying to release those and reclaim what's actually more of our natural way of being. Which then goes very neatly back to wisdom, doesn't it? Yes. 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 All of them. So now, am I okay to go to the last one? (laughs) (laughs) So yes, equanimity, right? We've just got a couple of minutes, so... Anything you'd like to say about that one? Uh, it's not grasping and it's not pushing away. Yes. 
Yes, great. And again, I love the body language. Yeah. You know, it's not this and it's not that. It's the balance like in the middle. Renunciation of it too, I think, isn't it? In what sense? Um, well, you're not saying, I'm not going to have that, but you're, going, you're taking the middle way of going, yeah. every time I do that, it's not helpful. Right. And so um, I will renounce Renunciate that. Renounce or, reactivity. Yeah, you yes. know, sort of make different choices. Yes. Not yeah. to be hard on yourself, but actually um, be kind to yourself. Yeah, be wise. Yeah. So again, we're seeing all of them coming together, aren't we? They're all helping come to this place, and equanimity is always the last one in all of these lists. You know, it appears in so many of these. Mm-hmm classical lists and it's always the last one which to me suggests it's the well the Buddha was explicit it's the highest one but also that it's in a way the hardest one you know we can't just jump straight to equanimity and go oh everything's fine I'm cool this is all peaceful there's a whole process we usually have to go through of working through things like grief or pain or greed or whatever before we can come to a more genuine non-reactive upright quality of mind so I'm aware of the time with a little bit of equanimity (laughs) but it would be nice to have more time to continue but I want to respect our time and just to say thank you for all your contributions. I feel like it really fleshed it out and um, really interesting to hear how each of these qualities is alive in you and growing. So should we, Bruce, should we close with a karakia? Do you know a closing one off the top of your head? Yeah. Um, Taikie.